Welcome to Super Movie Brothers. Let's start the show. This is a podcast on the Podfix Network. You can check out more shows like it at podfixnetwork.com. Super Movie Brothers, episode 143. I'm your host, Super Movie Brother Dave. I'm your host, Super Movie Brother Jay. Hey, Jay. It's been one week since you looked at me. Cocked your head to the sides and I'm angry. So what'd you get down to doing this week? I'm sure it's no way it could be possibly more exciting than what you did last week with all your strippers and hoes. No. <laughs> Back to opening day for golf for me, though. All right. Well, that's <laughs> true. Beautiful 74 degrees Saturday day. That's um, true. Golf courses are closed. Glorious. Golf courses are closed between November and uh, well, April, it, really. Well, it depends on the course, but okay. you know, unofficially, yes, they are. I know the one that's in my backyard says November to, right. to March, so... Yeah, well, also, it's a swampland, that golf course. Yeah, it's just water hazards. Water hazards are... are <laughs> Horrible drainage. <laughs> yeah, they, um. they just appear... Well, when they developed it, they only developed it because it was open land that they didn't want developed. So right. it, it's owned by Middletown Township, but uh, because of the Wetlands Act, they cannot get rid of those, those water hazards. That's why it's there. Yeah. So... I I actually never played that course. Don't. <laughs> no, I know because it's like too trashy. <laughs> me, me and Luca like walk through that course like every now and oh, then, God. and like we both come back saturated just, goose shit. Probably we just everywhere. we just come back covered in in mud, and that is about the only time I ever step on a golf course is to let my dog run around and take a shit on the green. <laughs> Good for you. Yeah, exactly. No one's cleaning that shit up, so who cares? Well, speaking of fertilizer. I'm sure as hell not cleaning that shit up. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding. I clean up after my dog. I'm not a fucking heathen. Anyway, what'd you do this week? Well, actually, I'm actually getting into gardening this year, Dave, and I am not a gardener. Oh, my God. That's it. Remember Greg that we used to work with? No, but that's it. Like You are full-on celibate now. Like. Like, like it's through work it's through work so i have like three dude i'm sorry two. gardening is what old men do when they're not getting laid anymore you are now Look. an old man who's not getting laid anymore so you're a gardener hopefully the tides will turn you're getting i'm always getting very a- um inspired by the warm weather coming out you know because girls start to wear less clothing i get a little bit more uh, excited about that you're, so I, i'm always optimistic you're getting a green thumb because you can't get any stink on your pink <laughs> Oh, perhaps, perhaps. Oh, I love it. All right, so so you're going to be growing marijuana with Greg? Is that what's going Pretty on? Pretty much. He, he he wants to absolutely. Of course he does. Well, he's, we we actually got this community garden. I've, I've plot. met this man. I know. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. He, he's a deadhead. Um, he's hysterical. It's so much fun. Um, it's we're complete opposites. So you know, but um, it's obviously his shtick, and I'm just kind of going with the flow of things and trying to learn as much as I can. But it's it's grueling, man. It's a lot of work involved. It's gonna be a daily process. So it it is a lot of work, which is why which is why <laughs> I'm a little intimidated by it because we have three gardens. Which is overall. why people who have the frustrations of not getting laid have to go do it because it's a lot of work. It's a lot of stuff and a lot, lot of things involved. It is. 
All right. Well, for me this week, uh, me and Lauren actually took the time when we went out to a dinner together. We actually went to a sushi restaurant, but it was it was a little different. Like most sushi restaurants are BYOB. Um, this one was it was BYOB, but. It was really cool because you go in and you just pay them a flat fee and then everything on the menu is open to you. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, anything. Specialty rolls. Oh, you got to tell me where this is. It's over in Hamilton, New Jersey. So Mm. uh, it was really cool. But one of the funniest things, and I loved it, I I sent a picture to uh, our friends over at the Work Life and Balance Pod Peeps chat. I sent them over a picture of my tuna tartare that I got for an appetizer. And it's kind of like a ball of raw tuna and it's mixed with, with, you know, some of the rice crunchies that they put inside of um inside of sushi rolls and stuff like yeah. that and and most of the time when you have tuna tartare you get like a cracker or you usually get like a, a a hard piece of bread like like the like a, the bagel chips or 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 something along the lines like bruschetta or something like that you get something like that to eat your tuna tartare with right i got a i got a pringle like a straight up pringle like they put no. a pringle on my plate i kid you not jay it was glorious culinary <laughs> cul- like get culinary arts out. be damned Pringles are delicious. Tuna tartare is delicious. I Put the Pringles. two together. They're delicious. They're Well, they're not potatoes. I don't know what they are. They're soy byproduct that tastes like potatoes, but huh. who cares? It was delicious. I don't even care. And then it was also like endless sake if you ordered sake. So you just really order sake, get sake. So I just drink sake, eating sushi, eating Pringles <laughs> with tuna tartare. And tartar. you never know how strong sake is either. They never specify. It's just always like a mystery. No, they yeah. do. I do. It's just you don't know because it's just the house sake, whatever. Usually the house sake is it's usually like Q or oh no, I'm sorry. It's usually like G or something like that. It's like a sake that is pretty readily available in the state stores and is not terribly expensive. They And they usually buy it in gallons. <laughs> yeah. It's not like the best sake in the world. And the sushi wasn't the best in the world. But just the, the atmosphere of the place, it was just so laid back, so lackadaisical. You'd sit there for two hours and eat. They don't rush you. Uh, and they had a pretty packed house. Like I was surprised. Like they're a fairly new establishment, but I actually really liked it. I enjoyed it a well, lot. Well, it's a great business model, and I think a lot of enthusiasts would really enjoy it, me included. But also, you know, some people just don't eat that much. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, and some people do. So it's kind of a nice balance. I, I like think, the way you some say people. some people don't eat that much as you look at me and then you're like you but you eat a lot you fat fuck that's what you you that's, don't eat a lot i don't eat a lot i know no you don't i know you don't i eat a lot <laughs> but that's what your eyes said your eyes said you fat fuck i bet you ate the whole fucking menu didn't you practically i did look at me i'm a big fat slob i've got bigger titties than you do i've got more chins than a chinese phone book i've not seen my willy in two years which is long enough to declare legally dead. You deserve yeah. <laughs> it. You're out You're out to dinner, man, with your girls. Saturday so, night. Come on. And then uh, on Saturday night, me and Lauren went out with some friends. We went to Bottle Bar East down in uh, Fishtown, down in the city. And then we went back to their apartment, played some Drunk Jenga. If you don't know what Drunk Jenga is, it's, oh, where, it's, the best. it's where you write different rules on each Jenga block that you pick. So every time you pick it, there's some new drinking rule that, that comes with it. And you have to impart that rule on the rest of the contestants or on yourself. It's a lot of fun. Um, so we were playing that for a little bit. It was it was a good time, man. We, we we had a good time this weekend. Next weekend we 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 have Logan. So we'll we'll have an equally as good of time doing other things, family things. <laughs> yeah, but man, it was it was a good time. Next so- weekend is my sister's wedding shower. Um, so I'm I'm very curious about how that's going to go. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to be a lot. It's going to be 60, 60 women. In my sister's house. Well, I thought about you. Yikes. I, so in the mail this week, me and me and Lauren got an invitation to a wedding. The wedding is in Jamaica, and it's in a year. 
And it was like this thing where it's like, we could go. We probably could go. Um, but we're going to Disney World later on this year. It's it's pretty much going to be like we get back from Disney World and we're immediately going to have to start budgeting again. Is it a family To save member? for this. What, what, I don't, what I don't like about destination weddings, and here's what it comes down to. The destination's always cool. It's always a place you, you kind of want to go to. So if it's not my like immediate family, then I don't really want to shell out the cash to do it, nor do I really have the cash to do it. But if it's my immediate family, like I can, I can find a way to do it. But then I'm basically mortgaging my vacation. I'm going down for a place that I would love to vacation at, but then I have to spend a whole day on my vacation in a suit, generally in a tropic environment, sweating my balls off. True. And that does not sound appealing to me. Well, I mean, I don't. It, it is for some people, right, but, but for you, some, it's it, for you. It's, I have to. It's a blood relative, right? It's like it's, it's my sister, it's and I have, si- and I'm you have in the no wedding choice. You know, I'm a groomsman. I have to buy this fucking linen suit. You know, I had <laughs> to go to the bachelor party. See? I got like all these obligations, and, and you are <laughs> very prone to heat rashes. So you're going to get a heat rash on your balls. <laughs> you know it. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm. Uh, I just finalized the whole trip finally. Our travel agent is the worst. It's really bad. I don't even want to get into it, but it's horrible. Jay, let's get in to our listener questions for this week. You could ask yourself a question. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? It just raises too many questions. Excuse me. I'd like to ask you a few questions. The answer to the ultimate question of life, the universe, and everything. All right, Jay, listener questions. So this week, we did do another caption contest. The photo that we provided everybody comes from one of our live shows, and it is at Broken Goblet. You and I are sitting there in front of the microphones, and and it just, like, the look on my face kind of says, like, I have no clue what you're talking about. I'm kind of like, yeah, like it mainly like my face to you most of the time. Like, I just have no clue what you're saying, but I'm nodding my head trying to get you to stop. Mm. And you look like you're like in mid sneeze, maybe or umming. It's probably an um, but you're wearing. Yeah, it's probably like, like uh, and yeah. with my half eyed open, kind of like spacing out, kind of uh, comment yeah. to you, and you're just kind of like, why do I have him next to me? <laughs> so that 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 was when we were doing our Roger Rabbit live show at Broken Goblet. So I just ask people to add a comment what is jay saying to dave so first up is two girls on a bench they are saying how do you like my jaunty hat thinking of starting a poetry podcast because jay is wearing she calls it a jaunty hat i call it a newspaper sales Some boy people hat. jeff cap yeah jeff cap um, extra I never, extra I actually read never, all about it yeah, super never, movie bros plays broken goblet <laughs> i wonder if that's a california thing jaunty Maybe it is. So, And then podcast we listened to said, I've worn that style of hat since I was little. I didn't know it was jaunty. Does a jaunty hat dance? I think it looks good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You think you pull it off. You think you pull off fedoras too. Well, my lady. Uh, I do too. <laughs> Earth 919 says, I've seen better. And I'm assuming that he means you're talking about like some, some girl out in the crowd. I've seen better. Invasion of the remake. They say, dude, I had no idea you were a brony. Jay, do you even know what a brony is? No. It is an adult male fan of My Little Pony. Ooh. And there's subsects of them. And some of them even are sexually attracted to those animated oh ponies. My. Oh, my. <laughs> and I did I did mention to him that I, I knew I'd have to explain what a brony is to you. <laughs> yeah, well, obviously. <laughs> All right. Steve from Everything I Learned From Movies says, you see, a pimp's love is very different from that of a square. <laughs> 
<laughs> Again, has to be referencing the hat. Flix X-rated says, want to watch me fit this mic in my mouth? Wink. <laughs> <laughs> it was a snowball mic that we used for a live show, so that would be quite a feat. Oh, quite the feat. <laughs> Our good friend Sean Faust over at the What Does It Matter podcast says, before you turn these mics on, I plan to turn you on. And I said, like, that's actually surprisingly accurate. I feel like that's something Jay would say to me. And and Sean, Sean responded with... It's an icebreaker. Sean responded with, that's the same thing I would say to you. <laughs> Uh, we got to get him on again. He was on for our Patreon episode for, yeah, he for Serenity. So he's, he's a ton of fun. All right. Mike Marlowe said, stick your fingers in my beer one more time, dude. I swear. <laughs> and I can't pick that one because Jay has never, ever stood up to me like that. <laughs> I've, I've even egged him on to, and he never has. The rant with Herman Jane said, hey, that your dick pic? And I said, yeah, it is. Are you impressed? And he says, can you ex- can you expand the pic? <laughs> a playing a small penis oh man two guys on friday podcast said what's with the hat <laughs> not even they're, they're not even captioning it they're just asking what's with your stupid hat uh i hope i i really hope out of this you stop wearing that hat i won't because i feel like when i start to not wear it again it's when it's going to get back into style not, not and until then you, not you until know, you're bald when you're bald it. you can wear stupid hats okay? look i'm balding <laughs> i have evidence now best darn diddly said first you got to get the hat then you got to get the beer then the chicks will come to you <laughs> and that's what i said mitch that, that's what you said to me yeah yeah <laughs> pitch punpayak says no see the joke is that ant-man can get small enough to get into you know what never mind <laughs> So the, the joke he's saying is that there's this rumor out there about Avengers Endgame that the way Thanos is going to die is that Ant-Man is going to shrink down, go straight into Thanos' bunghole, and Not then penis hole? expand <laughs> and pretty much just destroy Thanos from the inside out. <sighs> you know, it's possible, I guess. <laughs> All right. So you picked the last winner. I'm going to pick the winner this week, and I'm going to go with Sean from the What Does It Matter podcast, W-D-I-M podcast. Sean, you are the winner this week for your comment of, before you turn the mics on, I plan to turn you on. It's a great one. It's <laughs> and, pretty accurate. And then, of course, I shared the gif of, of Buffalo Bill from yeah. <laughs> Silence of the Lambs, because I feel like that is what Jay does in his basement alone. He dresses in a lady's robe, tucks it behind his legs, and just goes, oh. would you fuck me? I'd fuck me. I'd fuck me hard. <laughs> Oh, maybe maybe a half a bottle of bourbon in. I might, you know, I play will, a little boys to men. You know? <laughs> Sean, I will reach out to you after this episode premieres and you can pick your digital movie out. All right, Jay, we did ask everyone else another question this week. We wanted to know you, Super Movie Brother Jay, was going to star in a movie remake. We wanted the people to choose what movie was was being remade and what role you would play in it. Well, this is interesting. So first off, it's Sean from What Does It Matter podcast, and he said, "My Giant with Billy Crystal." Obviously, I'm Billy Crystal. I had to watch that trailer. <laughs> it was charming as shit. I never saw that before. Right? <laughs> podcast forty two said The Matrix, and he said that you would play one of the ghost twins that's in Matrix Reloaded. And fuck those twins. I would love to see you with. With those white dreadlocks, and then don't Ugh. both of them die pretty unceremoniously too? Like in that, it car? is. Yeah. It's, it's stupid. <laughs> Perfect. Ugh. I'd love that to be the outcome for you. Ugh. Paul over at the Countdown Pod says, "Drive with Jay and Go- with Jay as Gosling." Boom. 
boom. Jay, I'm hard just thinking about that. He wants you to play Baby Goose. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> More Gooder Than Podcast says the Slender Man. He he wants you to be in one of the one of the remakes of Slender Man because there's been like what nine Slender Man films since yeah. like 2012. And then I did ask you to share the picture of you from Halloween in your Slender Man outfit. And uh, yeah, once I saw that, I realized I used to go to a place called Condom Condom Kingdom that was down <laughs> on that was down on uh, South Street in Philadelphia, and they had all these type of like fancy condoms. Some of them were joke condoms, and one type of condom they had jay was a tuxedo condom and you dressed as slender man it's kind of uncanny it looks exactly <laughs> like a tuxedo condom i think everyone should have a tuxedo condom just for like special occasions especially you you know I, sure you don't wear them enough <laughs> you need to start no, wearing them obviously more. not yeah <laughs> uh earth 919 said how do you feel about playing peewee herman jay and i said like jay rides bikes <laughs> it's the perfect role for you i <laughs> I I used to have the, I used to have the voice capability to pull that off. Can you can, can you do when it when I was a kid? Can you do a pee wee laugh? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I can't do it anymore. I used to be able. I used to have like a Jim Carrey rubber fucking face voice uh, when I was a kid, and I I just lost it in puberty. Fuck. You lost it by becoming such of a man that you are today. Such a man. Uh, so that does, it. that does it for our listener questions this week. I want to thank everybody who responded to it. I think out of all of those, um, I know Jay would like to be Gosling in Drive, but I personally would like to see you as Pee Wee Herman, and I think that should be your next Halloween costume, sir. Well, I mean, we do have a friend, a director friend. Who could direct a movie? Who could direct a... No, a, a trailer. We'll shoot a fake okay. trailer. Not a movie. Come on. Long, all right. I'll do that as long as he does a drive one, too. <laughs> no. That's never... I want one with drive, and I'll do one but with people. But the sad part is you actually do own the satin jacket from drive, don't you? Um, I will one day. <laughs> Not yet. I've thought about it every single year. Every single October comes around. I'm, I'm like, should I get it now? Should I get it now? And then I think of a different outfit and I just... Jay, that is the equivalent if I went out you know. and bought an entire like Mandalorian armor outfit or like an entire... I bought the gloves though. I have the leather driving gloves. Or if I bought an entire like Stormtrooper armor outfit and stuff like that and wore it. Like you would say, Dave, you've gone too far. But you buying that jacket, Jay, that is going too far. You love that movie too much. I do. It's garnered far too much of your attention. It's so cool. It's a good movie. It's not a great movie. I just love it. It's just, it's just so cool. <laughs> All right, Jay, let's head over and let's get into what are you watching? What are you watching? What are we watching? He's trying to watch some illegal channel. Oh, he's watching. No, no, no. Go past this. Past this part. In fact, never play this again. All right, Jay, what'd you get down to watching this week, man? Anything interesting, or are you just going to bore us all with some indie flops that you were checking out? A little bit of both. Well, I'll just start off and say, if you like a good old classic hair, rock and roll, sex, drugs, rock and roll, actually, to be more specific, check out The Dirt on Netflix. It is all about Motley Crue. See, I'm hearing mixed things. Like, I'm hearing it's, it's not great. I actually think it is great, because... The band is the producers, and they have obviously a lot of hand in this movie, and it shows because it's a sloppy mess, like a, like how they were, and and it, and it's just kind of junk opposed all over the place with storylines bouncing around, different kind of point of views and perspectives of different storylines. And I would worry that they just um, want, if they were the producers on it and stuff like that, and they had they had a heavy hand in it, if they would just do a lot to make themselves look cool. Not really. 
Not too much. Not too much. I was actually a little surprised by that. Tommy Lee was the most boring character, believe it or not, um, of them all. Um, and, and, and other than that, it does touch on a couple emotional things towards the end. But overall, it's pretty honest with itself, and it's just a fun movie. If you just want a really crazy ADD movie that goes by really quick and it's a lot of fun, just go check it out. For a man who dogged on Bohemian Rhapsody as much as you did to say that you like dirt like this... <laughs> I didn't dog on Bohemian Rhapsody. I just dogged on it for being an Oscar fucking winning movie because <laughs> it's not that. Um, are, are you recommending people check out The Dirt on Netflix? If you like sex, drugs, and rock and roll kind of hairband movies. I, I, I hated it. Or any hair metal. interest in that, definitely check it out. Not an 80s hair metal if fan. If not, don't check it out. All right, That's all enough. I'll say. All right, what else you got? Um, the TV shows The OA is now returned on the second season on Netflix. Whew. Wow. What's the OA? Is this Anth- is this the Anthony Mackie one? No. Uh, okay. Uh, Britt Marling. Um, I really can't get into it because if okay. you haven't seen the first one, nope. um, the first nope. season, I can't talk about it. And honestly, the season is bonkers. It it just it touches on a lot of quantum theories and, um, you know. <laughs> oh, I like quantum theories. <laughs> well, I mean, d- dimensions basically and stuff like what, the different dimensions and all kinds of things like that. Basically, it's what you just told me out was there. this show's too smart for you. It's, it's fucking genius. I'm just going to say that, <laughs> especially by the end of season two. By the end of season two, at the very, very fucking end, you you're like, holy fuck, this show is fucking brilliant. It's one of the most genius shows out there. I really do think that. Now, it is 100% not for everybody. But if you stick with it and you get into it, my God, you're going to fall in love I, with it. I do like deep sci-fi. And that's why I bit. really feel like you got to give this a shot, dude. I, I really want you I to watch I got a lot on my plate. I still I have know, Shameless Season 9 to go. I have to. Now, Barry has started up again. I know. There's a, there's a lot. But coming. Barry's once a week. It's not like you can binge it, so... I, there, there's a lot of my plate but what else what else you got what else did you watch and then finally Santa Clarita Diet the third season just came out you watched the whole thing I watched the whole thing I love that you show you really didn't get I, laid this weekend I, at all I did not <laughs> I, I really loved the show were you were you pruning your roses while you were watching it <laughs> look I know I can't believe it I I binged two seasons uh, two different shows in one week. I, I was very impressed. Did you at least myself. take breaks for water and masturbation? Um, <laughs> yeah, bourbon and masturbation. Yeah, yeah. probably. <laughs> no, I, I, it's just a delight. I just, I just really enjoy that show. It's a lot of fun, and Timothy Oliphant is a revelation. Like that, that role for him is made for him. I All mean, right. it's, 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 it's just so great. He's such a fucking charming guy. And Drew Barrymore is, 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 is pretty good at it. She's too. serviceable. She's, she's yeah. serviceable. All right. Well, it's I got, a fun. I got around to me and me and Lauren do have to watch Santa Clar- Clarita diet. So now add that to the list of things that we need to watch before I get to the OA. But this weekend I didn't get to watch a whole lot of movies. You did watch beach bum uh, with Matthew McConaughey and you have a five minute ish review coming up after this. And I watched Dumbo, which I have a five minute review coming up after this, but I didn't get to watch like a whole lot of movies, Jay, because I was all weekend when me and Lauren weren't doing something together. We were watching Game of Thrones. We had binged all of Game of Thrones and I have now completed it. And this is, yeah. this is all now, obviously I've seen the series before. This is now my with, this is my first time rewatching season seven, but it is literally my seventh time rewatching like the series over again. Now that 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 sounds like a lot, but it, the show actually does better 
on a binge. Like not not every show is is great on a binge. Like I always talk about going back and binging Lost is too exhausting. You have to like parse that out a little bit. Right. But to go back and binge Game of Thrones, it makes a whole lot of a whole lot of the show make a whole lot more sense. It makes it more cohesive and uh Well, it, it makes yeah, of course it does because there's so many different characters and storylines going on. So, you know, waiting almost two weeks sometimes to revisit another character's storyline yeah. is a long time. Or Bran, who's completely missing from an entire season. You right. wait an entire season right. for Bran. Or if you're a big fan of the Dire Wolves, Ghost is not in season seven at all, which is a travesty. But anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, what what th- one of the things that, like, the reason we're doing this is because, obviously, in two weeks, on April 14th, when Game of Thrones returns, we are doing our Game of Thrones episode, which will be coming out the week after it, and we are going to review the new episode, but we're also going to be doing um, movie cocktails for it, so we're going to be each coming up with a different cocktail. So I wanted to look for things to theme my cocktail after, but then I'm also looking for what our final segment for that will be is our top five Game of Thrones moments, which I, I had to choose moments because if you pick episodes, then you're picking a moment from that episode. So why not? You know, because like not every ep- like Battle of the Bastards, the whole show, the whole episode is not Battle of the Bastards. The majority of it is, but there's a lot of King's Landing stuff that goes on. There. There's yeah. a lot of other stuff that goes on there that that's maybe not as memorable so i wanted to take our top five game of thrones moments and i've been making a list and my list is like right now it's about 12 moments long that's probably down from 20 by the time we get to recording i'll I have e- my five i have no idea how to touch that oh, honestly jay it's rewatching it. it's the only way to do it i realize it's the only way to do it <laughs> it's the only way to do it but it's totally worth it i absolutely love the show i'm gonna be sad to see it go but i'm super intrigued for the for the new show they're gonna have starting next year which is going to take place during the time of the of the first long night so more white walkers and an ancient story with with all these houses that we know with new characters so i'm interested in it and I'm kind of sad to be done my rewatch because now I have two more weeks before Game of Thrones returns. So I need to find something to fill that that two week time. The OA. No, <laughs> I have like I said a bunch of other things to watch before that. And then I finished the HBO docu series, The Case of Adnan Syed, which is chronicalizes the 1999 murder of of his girlfriend, Heyman Lee, who he was then imprisoned for. And it's just really interesting because, again, it's not shining light on whether he did or didn't do it. It's just more about our criminal justice system and pointing out a lot of its pitfalls. And, you know, this is a guy who was who was convicted on cell phone records alone, cell phone records from 1999. And the really interesting thing about it is, is that they he, he was really the two main calls that he was convicted for, which placed him at the place where her body was buried, were incoming calls. And AT&T has a big statement that says you cannot define location from incoming calls because incoming calls can come from any tower so it's like he was convicted on this but there's even evidence that shows that like he shouldn't he, he sh- i'm not saying he didn't do it but he shouldn't have been convicted on that basis so like right our, our criminal justice system is like it's it, it's so fascinating how like it the cards are stacked against a defendant the second the cops slap a cuff on you like it's amazing it makes it easier on yeah. them Right. And, and, and the majority of the time, the majority, the vast majority of the time, 
the police and the prosecution are correct. They've arrested the right person. But it's starting to come out that there's so many cracks and there's a lot of people who fall into those cracks. I wonder if that becomes more and more prevalent or less prevalent now with this day and age, like with social media and technology. No, just as easier. Just as prevalent. I, I, I probably less so than it was before with, with DNA and stuff like that. But, yeah. um, you know, circumstantial evidence is still enough to get a conviction, which is crazy to me. I, I hate that. Yeah, I do hate that. Crazy to me. Like, I mean, it has to be. Gosh, it, it's got to be substantial. Yeah, it's certainly interesting. It's nothing that sets the world on fire. This docu series, though. So, if you are a fan of true crime, if you're, if you really like diving deep into the criminal justice system, like I do, because it's what I went to school for. It's what I, I know a lot about it. So, I like to do these deep dives into it. Definitely check out the case of. Adnan Syed on HBO. All right, Jay, let's head over and let's do our five minute ish reviews. You've got one for Beach Bum and I got one for Dumbo. Jay, we got two five-minute-ish reviews to get through. So you have a five-minute-ish review for Matthew McConaughey in Beach Bum. One day I will swallow up the world. (laughs) And when I do, I hope you all perish violently. All right, man, what'd you think of this movie? Yes, so this is written and directed by Harmony Corinne. He is the man behind Kids and Spring Breakers. And he brings us an inspirational composite of a deadbeat stoner poet, Moondog, played by the one and only Matthew McConaughey. So, you know, his kind of slogan um in life is sort of you gotta go low to get high <laughs> he he's he's essentially married into a very 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 rich family or wife really who is played by isla fisher and they live in the florida keys and he just uses her money goes off and does random tangents with the deadbeats of uh south beach and and the keys and just does whatever the fuck he wants fucks whoever he wants to fuck smokes as much as he wants to smoke drinks as much as he wants to drinks all right and has uh, just knows everybody and he just goes on random stages and so does a little like- poet um blitz you know little 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 bits of poetry every once in a while if he feels inspired so you it know? sounds like he has no conflict in this life and without conflict you can't have a story right <laughs> now the story the story goes a little cockeyed when things do start to happen it opens up with really just him just going on all these random expeditions of just insanity and just kind of nonsense and uh, not nonsense and nonchalance in miami so it's it gets kind of dull and it gets really boring and tiresome and then once some tragedy happens and in his personal life you wait and see if something's going to change and nothing really does and that was the worst part about it but at the same time the 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 thing that you can kind of in hindsight respect because he is his own man he's his own character good or bad and all the other people around him accept that 
of him and they just let it be because that's him and he they can feed off of some kind of inspiration from him perhaps but he is who he is and he won't change um the problem is there's you just don't give a shit about any character in this movie you don't care not even zach efron and jonah hill no they're <laughs> they're funny like they they have they 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 have great looks you know like everybody looks great everybody does their best at trying to pull off some extreme character Jay, this might be the first movie that i saw but martin lawrence is in and over eight years i believe i think yeah, something a long like time a, and and he brings nothing to the table here one of the worst oh my god which is shocking because i love martin my Larry. i love martin and they're <laughs> filming bad boys 3 right now everybody just so you know um and bad boys 4 back to back isn't that like a thing like oh right? i don't know I don't oh know. i doubt it I, I hope not. that's that's risky <laughs> that's really risky <laughs> i hope not <laughs> it's it's kind of like dave Chappelle. him and dave Chappelle. once they and even um with chris tucker they all got beefy yeah <laughs> so yeah. they automatically lost their skinny charm well jay they get they age that's what happens to us I, as we I age know. but like you know tucker and Chappelle, they got beefy like diesel mike lawrence you know he got a little stocky with all the filet mignon and cigars Do you and, know how and- hard it is to be like <laughs> unless you're working out every day i'm not, not i'm not knocking them i'm, I'm just saying yeah, it, not it, everyone can have the metabolism of you, a twig when like you, you. <laughs> when you have the mentality back when you loved these guys in the 90s and they're just these scrawny little funny awkward you know comedians it's hard to see them now and just see them the same way. But the movie is overall very, very disappointing and it is utterly pointless. Um, you could, there is fun to be had for some people who enjoy these kind of movies. I'm not one of them. Right. I was shockingly disappointed. I, I, I really was expecting something like this, but something more. Uh, I'm going to give it a D. Damn. So it's like, yeah. it's that directionless. Like, it's- yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Big time. Big time. Because that's the only thing I'm really taking from your review is that it's directionless. Like, 100%. Matthew McConaughey is not even like good in it. Like, it's not even like. Fun no, they're all good in it. There's just no direction. There's no point in the story. There's, there is no story. It's just him being him. Like, if you want. He's such a fucking loser. <laughs> like, that's the thing. Some people might find some kind of inspiration. But, just say, be yourself. He's a loser to you, but for other people, like, no, he he's, could be- he's, no, he's a shithead. <laughs> no, he's a complete shithead. Trust me. He, he, there is no redemption, redeeming qualities to him. All right. I mean, there's some fun to be had by watching him, but. No, he's a fucking shit. How awkward was it to see Matthew McConaughey with a gut? Because I remember the trailer, and I was like, "Oh, he's got a gut." That's weird. Really, it doesn't. Kind of, it's like a beer pooch. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like like he's bloated or something like that the whole time. He looks like 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 Boomhauer from uh from Uh, from King of the Hill. Like, (laughs) but his laugh gets tiresome. He does a lot of that like. <laughs> no, it's like worse than that. It's not that kind. It's like the high pitch kind of like squealing laugh. He does it way too uh, often. Like uh, I, like James Franco in Spring Breakers, like that. <laughs> yeah, sort more like that, more like that, but with, <laughs> but with the McConaughey flair. All right, all right, uh, all right, all know. right. All right, so you gave it a D, man. That, yeah. That's fucking low. That is low. It's low, and it deserves it to me. All right, so Jay, I got around to watching Dumbo this week. You can do it, Dumbo. Sure. Let me tell you, this is a tale. <laughs> All right. So Dumbo is the story of a newborn mutant elephant who loses his mother, helps save a grieving family, and gives the middle finger to God and science as he learns to defy the laws of physics with the help of a feather. That's basically what the synopsis is. Hmm. <laughs> 
Okay. Right. This film was directed by Tim Burton and it's written by Aaron Kruger. Aaron Kruger should automatically start setting up red flags in everyone's head if you follow writers at all, because he is the writer that is behind the majority of Michael Bay's post 2000s career <gasps> uh, with Transformers. <laughs> he written he's written a lot of the Transformers. He should be in films. jail. <laughs> practically uh so the film stars colin farrell ava green danny devito and introduces nico parker and finley hobbins they are the children that bring the only semblance of heart to the film so i mean like that's that that that's it like no one else is really truly stand out in this movie I, I i gotta be honest um and i was really excited because michael keaton's in this movie as well and he plays va vander v and it's his first time working with burton since batman returns since 1992 he has not worked with tim burton so it's just slightly under 30 years since he's worked with them and he gives a complete standard fair villain performance. Mm, that's no, disappointing. Nothing great. Like, you know, you've seen him be a villain before because if you've watched The Founder, he's fantastic. And, and, and even and, Spider Man Homecoming. Been, even Spider Man Homecoming. Uh, but I mean, like, and to see him here, I was like, God damn, what the hell did they do to you, Michael? What did they do to you? So, you Dum- know, honestly, like, we'll, we'll, get, we'll get into this later. Continue. Yeah. Dumbo is really the tale of two movies in, in the end. The first half of the film, it's very much beat by beat the original animated film. The original animated film, Jay, was only 64 minutes. So to get this, uh, you know, just shy of two hour runtime, they really had to pad this story. And anytime you start adding padding, you already know that, that, that you're going to have a problem, especially Especially if Aaron Kruger is the one adding that padding, Jay. <laughs> the only real difference is the addition of the Farrier family. It's you know played by Farrell and, and the two new kids. The second half feels extremely tacked on and every bit like it is written by the man who penned Ghost in the Shell and Transformers Age of Extinction. <laughs> I can't say this enough. This movie is completely underwritten. It's underwritten. And there is so many script and story problems. The themes of the film are completely half-cocked and never come together. And they even repeat. Each act, Dumbo knows how to fly, but then must relearn to fly. To say it has script and story issues is just a complete understatement. There's no connective tissue between scenes. And as if to save time on the production of this movie, they sacrificed storyboarding and any type of cohesion whatsoever. And it, they clearly seems they, they, they took zero time in the editing room floor, like at all. It just, it's kind of like they're like, all right, this, then this, than this, you know, with how choppy it feels. There's, there is a scene where the family is like looking at Dumbo when he's just born and they're like, it's a baby elephant. <laughs> and then it just cuts to Danny DeVino in a fucking tub and then cuts back to them. And like, I swear, just the, the tonal shift of, of the, the, the three to four seconds we spend with Danny DeVito in the tub, it just, it's, it's just jarring to me completely. It's also surprising that this film is directed by Tim Burton because none of the the usual Burton-isms are present. That's what I was going to ask you, because I, I was not getting that Burton flair so it's much. It's not there, dude. It's not there. You know, w- when you think of Burton in, in the modern age, you know, post like Edward Scissorhands and stuff, there's there's a lot of this, bright this colors. This could be the there's last film of, like, with the whole Burton-Disney 
um, partnership. I, so. I, I think I think they need to part ways. I think he needs to get back to his roots. Jay, I wouldn't be surprised. This could be like a shooter project where like this is just a contract thing. I he had to was. do it, and th- then that's Jay, it. I think it was. I think he showed up, yeah. filmed this movie for a couple weeks, couple months, and then walked away. He's done. I haven't zero seen his face. Yeah, I haven't seen his face anywhere. Zero promotion for it. His name is 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 not very large on the poster. You know, I don't think he had much to do with the pre-production of this movie. I don't think he had much to do with the post-production on this movie. I think he just came in and he filmed it and he walked away. Yeah, that's sad. The the cast is really the only thing that feels like Tim Burton had a hand in it at all. And it's missing so many elements of his style. And like I said, I'm not a fan of his style post like Edward Scissorhands, but it would have done better with a little bit of his stylistic flair. Maybe toned down a little bit from what he's from from Alice in Wonderland level, but uh you know, it would have been better with a little bit of his flair. The only saving grace of the film is the adorableness of Dumbo and the brilliant CGI that was used to bring him to life and the parallels that they use in his story and the children's story. So like their stories are, are, are somewhat similar and it allows you to give like a little bit of like an emotional through line between those, those characters. But I got to be honest, man, the, the CGI, while I did, I did like it. I did think it was pretty flawless and stuff, which I, I would expect nothing less of Disney putting out a major movie like this. One of the things that, that did bother me though, was that Dumbo in the face looks so different than any other elephant ever like instead of eyes on the side of his head they brought his eyes a little bit more forward to add a more like humanistic flair to it That's so he can show emotion a little bit but it's off-putting because i know what an elephant's supposed to fucking yeah. look like but it's baby <laughs> <laughs> and they definitely enlarged his eyes to make that cuteness uh but uh, another aspect of the film that I really respect is that Disney allowed such a clear and blatant negative satirical character to exist in the film like Vandervee, who is the character that Michael Keaton played uh, with the the character was equal parts P.T. Barnum and Walt Disney and and his park Dreamland serves as a thematic testament to all the negative attitudes that many filmmakers and filmgoers alike attribute to the Disney Corporation today. Whoa. Yeah, and and the fact that it's here in this film, obviously I'm being spoiler-free, so I don't want to give away too much about these thematic elements that they add in here, but when I was watching it and I was like, how did they how how did Burton take this like or 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 or, or even uh, Aaron Kruger go up to Disney and say this is the script I got and they read it and went like okay like Disney has to be pretty self-aware of themselves and able to take a joke th- that way because it's Jay, it's blatantly clear that there is a a satirical thumb in the eye to Disney in this film. Huh. Ultimately, for filmgoers, this film is a complete and utter mess. There's not much to enjoy there for 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 big time film fans. But if you have children, there is just enough Disney magic squeezed into this that there's enough for for parents and kids to enjoy at least to keep them quiet on a on a rainy Sunday afternoon. I don't suggest anyone goes out to the theaters to see this. It'll be on Disney Plus by the time that's coming out. So if you're going to be getting Disney right. Plus, wait for that. Don't go to the theaters. To see it i'm giving it a c okay mi- a minus <laughs> c minus c okay minus. well we're not far off yeah i'm giving it a c minus uh, i i'm gonna it's, I'm it's an gonna unfortunate like, week for us yeah. I know, there was yeah. a few times during dumbo where like i smiled to myself like where i was like that's cute like i like that well mm. i could i would hope i mean i would yeah, think so i mean there's it, there's a moment here or there and that's about it like that's it. It's just a moment here or there, and the moment's fleeting, and then it flies away like a elephant who's holding a feather. 
<laughs> All right, man. It's we- so surprising because I really wanted to see that. Well, I not really want to see it, but I wanted to. I was intrigued by the movie. I uh, this is I, what, I'm a I'm a Burton fan. Obviously. This is what and I learned. Dumbo is so cute. So the the aging filmmakers don't hold their they don't they don't have their teeth anymore. They're 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 their artistic old, teeth. Right. Yeah, they're yeah. old lions who have had their teeth removed. It's it's all gone. We've seen it with Ridley Scott. We've seen it Unless with Unless you're George Miller. We're start we're resurgence. <laughs> we're starting to see it kind of with Right, but he has nothing to lose. There's something different there, Jay. Um we're starting to see it with like Steven Spielberg and stuff like that. It's Yeah. What once once you take away that artistic edge, once age kind of weathers them the down ambition. to a, the ambition, right? right? Yeah. To a, to yeah. a soft pebble. Yeah. You know, that's that that, that that's what we get, and I'm not saying that that, that they don't have it because I think just like every, you know, just, just like in Rocky, every puncher has a chance. You're always one punch away from getting a knockout. Mm. Every great filmmaker has one great film left in them. I feel like they just got to get to that point. I agree with that. I so uh, it's just weird to see Tim Burton here. I would like to see him g- get away from studios for a little while and just go off and completely do something he that to. he wants to do. I want another big fish. That's I, I mean that's what it comes down to. I want something yeah. that has that I want, has I want that another, much heart. I want another like Ed Wood. Something that's like what that. I want. Something Tim. something very low budget. Yeah. Give him like no more than forty million and just kind of go crazy. And, and, and that's even high. And but you like, know the actors that respect him, the actors who have worked with him, I'm will come with. to him and and work for less money to do a film like that guy knows johnny depp needs work yeah so <laughs> His, he was missing here and i'm surprised it's almost i i wonder if like if he went to him first to be like you want to play vandeveer and he goes i got too much stuff going on with my divorce right now <laughs> you know i hit her she hit me type stuff why don't you hire somebody else he goes hey, i haven't worked with keaton in a while let's see what he's got maybe he's got another yeah. beetlejuice up his sleeve he doesn't <laughs> all right jay let's do our trailer park for this week man we got films that we're going to be discussing over in trailer park we got jim jaramusha's new film the trailer just dropped for it for the dead don't die and then we also have what really seems like it's probably going to be the final trailer for avengers endgame thomas c nucci drop that beat i'm just out here living for god and you just the poetics is Poetics bring the drums in. Put the beat and let the music play. No trailer park. Shout out to Dave and Jay. I don't serve, but there's a new wave. We've been on since trust God saved the right stop. I don't want to flow until I know that the bass drop. Welcome back to Trailer Park. Me and Jay got trailers to go over with you. The first is the third trailer for Avengers Endgame. And what I think is probably going to be the final full trailer that we get before this film releases. If we do this, we'd be going in shorthanded. Yeah, you mean because he killed all our friends? We owe this to everyone who's not in this room to try. It's not about how much we lost. It's about how much we have left. Where's the Avengers? We gotta finish this. You trust me? I do. You could not live with your own failure. Where did that bring you? back to me to- 
So that trailer for Avengers Endgame dropped the same day that tickets went on sale. And me and Lauren have been waiting all smart. It's already breaking records. Long time. Yeah. Yeah, we, uh, Lauren, uh, at 7 o'clock this morning, tickets were on sale, Eastern Standard Time. So we were on ordering our tickets, and already there were seats. Like, like half the theater was already filled up. We we did get our seats after sitting in, in queue on, on the Fandango site. We were in queue for about 20 minutes or so. And then by, by tonight, there's nothing available for Friday, for Saturday. There's some Sunday morning stuff available. Nothing, just handicapped seats. Yeah, yeah. so... It's huge. Now, let's start breaking down the trailer itself, though. So everything that we're seeing here, Jay, and I think you're in agreement, first hour, 100%. Yeah, hour 15 minutes tops. I, I really do feel like... It's it's just the first phase, the first mission, essentially. Oh, yeah. I mean, we we you know we get we get uh, Bruce Banner talking about how they're all everyone's gone, like like there's 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 nothing left, and because um, lo- everybody I talk to at work, for example, they they keep saying it's it they they don't see the big picture, they think it's just Thanos. And I'm like, there's no, there's no way. Like more, there's so. And much I know more. they're not in the same realm as we are. <laughs> right, right. So I don't want to get in too big of an argument. Like maybe you would, but I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> I, I, I would. I would just let it go too. Um, but so but like, I we, let it go. We get this awesome shot of Captain America like looking at himself yeah, in the mirror. He looks like me. And he has, <laughs> and he has that mirror that's hanging <laughs> off to the side there. And I was like, that's clearly like right after he shaved. Yeah, that's like, yeah. that's like the moment where they're like, we're we're going after him. We're yeah. gonna go. We're gonna go after him. And this is the first trailer where we see Thanos and we hear him talk. It's true. So I'm sorry, not the first one where we see him, but we do hear him talk. Now, this trailer, it was a big deal in the last trailer when everyone's like, did you see Tony? He was in the white suit. He was walking with all of them. They do get Tony back just to say fuck you to everybody who thought that was a big deal. Tony is all the fuck over this trailer. It's all over the place. Uh, you know, right after we see Rocket re- reuniting with Nebula and he kind of you know, we get how sad Rocket is. We get to see how how much the loss of the people who he argued with all yeah. throughout Guardians of the Galaxy two and partway in in uh, Infinity War, they're all gone now, yeah. and he's left with nothing. And he only Tony has Tony will Nebula be back left. in twenty minutes. Exactly. So like, <laughs> it's not gonna be that long. We see Tony hugging Pepper Potts, so we get their reunion, and then we get obviously the reunion between. Steve Rogers, Captain America, and Tony Stark, Iron Man, where he said, like, do you trust me? And they shake hands. They're back together, you know, and the team, for lack of a better word, is completely back together. But one thing I find interesting is we get this we get this shot of them, and I'm assuming that this is on the Benatar because they show the Benatar there, the Benatar being the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy ship, and we see that Captain Marvel is with them, so that means that I'm thinking she gets with them pretty early on in the film. We see Black Widow, we see Rhodey, we see Thor, Captain America, and Rocket, and earlier on we saw Nebula with them. We're not seeing Ant-Man. We're not seeing Paul Rudd. We're not seeing Bruce Banner because he probably hasn't reconciled whatever issues he's had with the Hulk yet, so he's not there with them either. Mm. And they're going to fight Thanos again. That's what I really think. And they get to Thanos' planet, and they have an all-out brawl with him. Obviously, there's fire all around when Tony is, when Tony is all suited up and standing off against them and stuff like that but if you thought that the white suits could possibly be because they're going to space they're in space right now no special suits those white suits are 100 for quantum realm travel <laughs> for 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 time travel slash is what I really think. the final 
fight. The final fight, right. This is first act of the movie stuff. We're saying, I think a lot of what we've seen little tidbits of second and third act stuff in some of the other trailers. And we know that Marvel's really good at throwing red herrings in there with, with CGI tricks and stuff like that. Cause we know with infinity war, we saw the Hulk running on Wakanda. Hulk's not on Wakanda. So I know. the more I think about this, this movie, the more I get like welled up. It's so good. Like I'm, I'm just, so it's so good. Like, I can't imagine. It I, I, I'm, I kind of want to be there witnessing you cry. But Jay, we, re- <laughs> we review movies. What if it's bad? I know. No, and I, I, you know me, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty honest. What if three hours I, and two minutes is too long? Well, I, I, I kind of doubt fuck, it, but fuck it, I trust they the could make at this it. Point. They, I trust they the could make it plotting where it gets a little too stale at certain periods of time, where it needs to kick up in in, in certain areas. That's possible. It but, is possible, but I, know. I don't think so. I think if the Russos needed three hours and two minutes, they needed every minute of that three hours and two minutes, no, and I they agree. left whatever no, they I needed agree. to on the cutting room floor. And this is everything that they said. Like the movie doesn't it's exist the end game. without it. Yeah, everything's out on the table. So I am extremely, obviously, excited for this movie, and yeah. I. This trailer did a lot more for the for the Thanos end of it, you know, for 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 feeling that urgency that that they are going to fight. But this really sells me on the fact that there is another threat after Thanos, hundred percent. Absolutely. There's now, how much do you threat. think this movie is going to somehow lean in towards the f- next chapter, the next phase, whatever you want to call it? I don't. I honestly, I'm not entirely sure whether will it just be parts end of the credit third- stuff or yeah. you think it might be like I really threads do, towards I really the end of the think, movie that I, I really do think that that the the, the next the next phase that the next big chapter in the MCU won't even be explored too heavily here in this I think it's going to be end credit stuff I think they're taking their time to wrap up these characters the original and Avengers. give you satisfying yeah. what could possibly be endings to them you know this is going to be the end for a lot of these guys based on contracts ending and stuff like that many of them may sign on and 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 Disney and Marvel may be willing to pay them to come back it's possible however I don't think it's very likely I think they're they're taking this time to wrap up these stories which I think uh, it's 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 hard to say. I think it's time. I do. I think it's I think it is too. There's yeah. been times with the MCU that I have felt I I have felt like it's gone on too long and I'm I'm a, little, I'm a little exhausted and I kind of wish they would take a little bit of a break and I'm hoping that with a new phase maybe maybe, maybe there'll be enough different that I feel like it's new. Let's head over and let's get into our next trailer. I apologize cuz I am going to have to break the fourth wall this week. Oh yeah right after me and Jay recorded they dropped the teaser for the Todd Phillips Joaquin Phoenix Joker movie and I wasn't able to get Jay back into the studio to record with me so I'm going to be doing this trailer park solo Arthur does it help to have someone to talk to my mother always tells me to smile and put on a happy face. She told me I had a purpose to bring laughter and joy to the world. Is it just me? Or is it getting crazier out there? Smile, though your heart is aching. Smile, 
even though it's breaking when there are clouds in the sky you'll get by what? if you smile <laughs> to your fear and sorrow smile and maybe tomorrow <laughs> What's so funny? Just freak. <laughs> Gotham has lost its way. What kind of coward would do something that cold-blooded? Someone who hides behind a mask. I used to think that my life was a tragedy. But now I realize it's a comedy. So that trailer doesn't give us a whole lot story-wise, but what it does is it gives us a crazy amount of stuff character-wise for the Joker. So we know that the Joker is going to take place outside of the main DCEU. If there even is a main DCEU anymore, it seems like all the movies are going to just kind of be in their own universe doing their own thing, and if they ever coincide, then so be it. And I think that is the best direction for the DCEU to continue. Uh, but what we see in this trailer is a complete setup for all the bad things that will lead to the Joker getting to his breaking point. It's evident by the one bad day lettering that they throw in there at the at the end of the trailer. Uh, we see him as a sign-twirling clown outside of a music shop. We get a glimpse at what he writes down as jokes, and these jokes are truly, truly awful. Like, one of them is, why are poor people dumb? And it's, you know, because they don't have any sense <laughs> is one of them. They The jokes were bad, uh, and the fact that they're bad shows that he is that failing comedian character that, that, that we got in uh, a lot of the Alan Moore, the killing joke story. And, it, you know, they did say that, that a lot of this origin story was going to be taking inspiration from that story. We also see a scene where he's sitting down and he's talking with a social worker. There's also that 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 interview scene, you know, where the guys asking him, you know, where's your father? Drunk. Where's your, you know, uh, where's your mother? And he starts slapping himself in the face. That's because his mother uh, is is going to be the only positive figure in his life and probably the thing that once she's gone is his main tipping point that that he has that final bad day that allows him to snap and become the joker there's there's also other shots of him trying to like force himself a, a smile uh, we even get a, a part where it looks like he's taking a little kid and he's making a little kid smile and you know it's very clear that this film takes place in the 1980s as evident by like the TVs that they're watching and the cars that are driving down the street so I was thinking if that little kid is Bruce Wayne, as as some have said, and the, and the Batman film is supposed to be taking place in the 1990s, then it's very possible and very easy for Warner Brothers and DC to then make this 
part of that movie's universe. I hope that that's not the case. I hope that that's not true because this universe that that they're showing here, this gritty, this dark, this real, uh, real feeling type universe, we've gotten it before. We got it with Nolan. So I don't think that I would want to see another Batman movie in this universe. But if if this is successful, it's very possible that that they could throw down some coin and bring Joaquin Phoenix back to play the Joker in the Batman solo film. N- obviously, nothing's confirmed, but that, that that is a possibility. We also get some shots, uh, exterior shots of of Arkham State Hospital, which is going to be like this world's amalgam for Arkham Asylum for the you know home for the criminally insane. We also get like an interior shot where he is inside of that prison, inside of like a an elevator, and and there seems to be like a guy a guy flipping out. But really, the the thing to take away from from this trailer is that it is a Joker origin story. So if that is, you know, what you want, then great. But for me, a, you know, a big comic fan, I I don't want that. And a lot of the promotional, you know, material and the leaked the the leaked set photos and stuff that have come out, a lot of it hasn't really gotten me too jazzed. I know Jay's very much looking forward to it, uh, but I think that's that's more based on the tone of this trailer and the fact that Joaquin Phoenix is attached. For me, the thing that I I really don't like is, and I've never liked when they try to give the Joker a backstory. And it also looks like they're gonna have a sympathize with him. I don't want to sympathize with the Joker. The Joker is an absolute psychopath and if i allow myself to to sympathize with him then i'm sympathizing with the dark side of myself and the dark side in in everybody you know and i understand that that inside of of every evil person is still a human being and stuff but at the same time you know sometimes I don't need to know how my bad guy became a bad guy. Why? Like I like the fact that the Joker just is the fact that he exists is an enigma in and of itself. And, you know, adding rationale to it is to, to me kind of files his teeth a little bit. So I, I, I'm not extremely happy that it's a Joker origin story. I would prefer the Joker to, to remain in that shroud of mystery. Now, obviously the comics have peeled away plenty of origin story for him, including the, the story that this is taking inspiration from the killing joke. So it, it there, there's plenty of precedence for that, but I mean, in, in the end, uh, this, this trailer really hasn't sold me on the film yet. If anything, it, it's kind of dissuade me a little bit. It's very, you know, everyone's making the comparisons between this and and Martin Scorsese's The Comedian, and I think that those parallels are 100% intended by Todd Phillips. It's not really what I was really going to be going to the movies to see. Now, this film is coming out, and it's going to be completely, uh, practically risk-free for Warner Brothers. It's It's got a well-known character to a general audience. It has essences of that Nolan universe, which is extremely popular, and it only cost $55 million to make. Make, which they will probably make back when this comes out in October. It's not a bad time to, for it to be released. I'm just going to need to see a little bit more. Um, like what what is this what is this movie trying trying to be? Because if it's just you know sympathizing with the devil, I, I I don't I don't really I don't really need that. But at the same time, I'm still curious. So let let us know what you think. Reach out to us on Twitter at SuperMoviePod. All right, Jay, we got another trailer to do. We got to do one for... I'm excited for this one. Jim Jaramusch's The Dead Don't Die. Let's check it out. In this peaceful town, on these quiet streets, something terrifying, something horrifying is coming. Excuse me, we're closed. Get away from me! What the hell was it? A wild 
animal. This is really awful. Maybe the worst thing I've ever seen. What was it, wild animals? So what are you thinking? I'm thinking zombies. What? You know, the undead. Ghouls. Flesh-eating zombies. Don't joke, it's really, really creepy. Oh, man. This isn't gonna end well. They gravitate towards things they did when they were alive. Called B. Chardonnay. Did she just say Chardonnay? Yeah, she did. Welcome to my world, zombies. I've been telling you this is all gonna end badly. Well, that's unfortunate. I'm quite confident of my ability to defend myself against the undead. I can see that. Excuse me. Those are some pretty good cuts. You played some minor league ball, didn't you? Well, um, a little class A. It was a long time ago. Oh, my God. I cannot wait for this movie. First off, critically acclaimed director Jim Jaramouche, Broken Flowers, Coffee and Cigarettes, and Dead Patterson. Dead Patterson, Man. yep. Like, so, uh, stylistic director as well. And style is all over this. But... God, that cast, that absolute cast, just that subtle, quirky charm to it, yeah. and 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 it's just like it first looks, off, oh, so good. I love so the way fun. Adam Driver says, you know, ghouls. <laughs> the way he pronounces certain words ghouls. is just so fantastic. It's I love thing, it. One of the things I really liked about Black Klansman was like when he like when he feels like he has to emphasize a word, right. just the way he emphasizes it is it's, great. It's so good. It's so so good. I mean, Tilda Swinton as an albino, she looks to be a lot of fun. An, an albino version of the bride from uh-huh. from Kill Bill. She's uh-huh. a samurai. She's uh-huh. cutting down zombies and stuff like that. And I always love Chloe Sevigny. Oh yeah, she's, she's always cool. And and it's just like it's a great cast. I mean, dude, Iggy Pop is playing one of the zombies. So let, let's run through this cast: Adam Driver, Tilda Swinton, Steve Buscemi. You know, I mean, Tom Waits, Tom Waits, Perez, Selena Rizza. Gomez, Bill Murray. Obviously, yes. man. I mean, Danny Glover. For Christ's sakes! I mean, he's he's dusted off a lot of people and just brought them into this movie. And I'm I'm already loving just from the trailer the dynamic between Adam Driver and Bill Murray playing off of each other because they both uh, do dry dry humor so well. well. <laughs> it's effortless. <laughs> yeah, it feels it just feels right. And I know like a lot of people may be thinking like you had a comment on Twitter where people are like, oh, another zombie movie. That's what we need. I, I think yes, we do. When it's done like when it's done, well, it's done yeah, I told the guy like I'm like, this. if if it's Jim that's doing it, then yes. Because his sensibilities going into a zombie movie is right. only going to be fantastic. He, right. The sensibilities of just bringing it down to earth, having a subtle, quirky charm about it, and having the effects be really authentic in a style that I like. Because I like this the slow, genuine, like really wretched looking oh, kind yeah, of no, zombie no, look. No, I like that kind of fan- effects. I this this is hitting all the right notes for me. It is. So And for me, like when I when I see this and I'm it, just like it, it, it's already in my top five zombie movies ever. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I would like Zombieland two to look like like and to feel like but we know that Ruben Fleischer is not going to do that we know it's going to be I, I I feel like that movie is going to be 
pretty lackluster. As long as he doesn't fuck it up like Gangster Squad. This, however, <laughs> I feel is going to be... I, I don't think it's going to do huge box office-wise, but I feel like it's going to be one of those things that well, lives on a little bit. I, I'm this intrigued. is counter programming. They're, they, they're, they're pretty confident, I think, because they're actually having this coming out in June. Yeah, June 14th. So, smack in the summer. Yeah. This yeah, is going to be that movie. programming, man. It'll be, it looks like a lot of fun. This is going to be that movie that premieres and is number two at the box office and word of mouth brings it and keeps it there it'll never be number one it'll be like top 10 for like 10 weeks or something like that i don't know but it'll be it'll be a success i'm pretty confident i am certainly intrigued by this and i i'm really liking what i'm seeing and i don't want to see anymore i just i'm just no no no, not at all you got i don't think you are I love everyone in this movie. I, I, I really enjoy who's making this movie. Yeah. And it seems like it's a fun, quick, snappy script. Yeah. And we haven't had a zombie movie that was a proper comedy like this in some time. And I think it's... And it's a fun follow-up for, uh, to Patterson for Jim Jarmusch. It is. It's completely different than Patterson. Because yeah. Patterson completely different. was the definition of dour, mundane, mundane life. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that was the point of it. Um, yeah. And this is a different kind of uh, spin for him. Jay, I hated my own life after watching Patterson <laughs> because of how mundane and dour it was. It, it just shined it just shined its its black light on me. And then mm. I was like, oh. And then I watched this and I'm like, yeah, I would like to I would like to live in Centerville and, and have Bill Murray as my sheriff and be the deputy and stuff. Well, yeah, why not? Let's have that fun. It, it, it looks like a lot of fun. We're definitely excited for it. And I think me and Jay will probably uh, go see this movie the night it comes out. Why not? Oh, I will. Why not? Why not? All right, Jay, let's head over. Let's get into our beers before we do our top five. Welcome back to the beer segment. Me and Jay got two beers that we are going to be reviewing for you. But before we do that, we got to drop a line to some of our sponsors. Our first sponsor is Blowfish. Blowfish is the only FDA approved hangover cure. What it is, two tablets that you drop into eight to 12 ounces of water, let them dissolve, drink it down, and your hangover starts to feel better within minutes. So if you went to a sushi restaurant where they served you unlimited sake and you partake just a little bit too much, and the next morning you have a screaming kamikaze of a hangover make sure that you try some blowfish to cure that hangover you can find blowfish at fourhangovers.com and get a discount with our promo code smb fish super movie brothers is also brought to you by the podcoin podcast listening app podcoin is an app that is available on ios and android it allows you to earn points while you listen to podcasts you can check out super movie bros on podcoin right now and earn a few extra points for yourself while we are listed as a bonus podcast. You can redeem points for gift cards to popular destinations and also help with Podcoin's charitable efforts. So check out SMB on Podcoin and start earning a little bit for all those hard hours you put into listening to podcasts. All right, Jay, before we get into our beer reviews, as we've been doing, we do have an IndiePod spotlight to do this week. And this week's IndiePod spotlight comes from our friends over at Invasion of the Remakes. Movies are bombing all over the country. They are posing as movies you already know. They may be in your theaters, your neighbor's home, or even your own. Why are you doing that voice? I don't know. (laughs) I thought it made me sound cool. It doesn't. 
I'm Jason Bishop, host of the Invasion of the Remake podcast with co-host Sam Stepanenko and Trish Coughlin. Join us each week as we rotate talking about your favorite films and their not-so-favorite remakes. We'll also dig deep to find forgotten films that we think are more worthy of remaking, complete with our own fantasy casting. With over 130 episodes already in our archives, you can listen to such classics as... Beastmaster. The Evil Dead. Gone in 60 Seconds. Used Cars. The Blob. Star Wars. Old Boy. Thunderball. Point Break. Ladyhawk. Conan the Barbarian. Ocean's Eleven. Ghostbusters. Peeping Tom. Halloween. Abner Costello meet Frankenstein. The Mummy. Black Christmas. Plan 9 from Outer Space. King Kong. Ice Pirates. Weird Science. Total Recall. The Italian Job. Kroll. The Running Man. Red Dragon. The Fly. The Creature from the Black Lagoon. Barbarella. And many, many more. Now on KTEL! No, no, not on KTEL. That isn't even a thing anymore. Uh. Nobody knows what KTEL is, Trish. You can get all 130 episodes and counting on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play Music, TuneIn Radio, Player FM, and all the best podcast providers, even freaking YouTube. For the low, low price of absolutely nothing, join the invasion. Subscribe today. Or we'll blow up your planet. We, we don't have that kind of technology. <laughs> you don't. All right. So obviously remakes are plaguing our cinemas these days. Sounds like an invasion of the remakes is here to tell you all about them, give you all the little dirty bits. And then they have a little bit of fun of recasting some of their remakes themselves. It is a lot of fun to listen to. I subscribe to their podcast. And if you enjoy their podcast, make sure that you leave them a five star review. And if you like us, make sure you go over to iTunes and you leave us a five star review. That is how podcasts grow. That is what helps get people on the top lists and yep. what helps uh, what helps us get found. So check out Invasion of the Remakes on all of your pod catchers. All right, Jay, we got two beers that we are going to be reviewing. So why don't you go over yours? These are kind of standard, man. I know these are technically craft beers, but I mean, these yeah. are two of the largest craft breweries in the country. So what, what beer you got for us this they week? They are. I mean, we have to mix it up every once in a while. So this is Goose Island's Green Line Pale Ale. Hop on board, Dave. It's a juicy citrus aroma, toasted malt body beer. I love when and, you read uh, the promos on there. <laughs> I know. Hop on board. Hop on board. Um, it's a 5.4 alcohol by volume, 30 IBU uh, beer, and it, it it is a very mild beer overall. Yeah. It, it, it describes it to be more of an, a juicy aroma. It's so faint. You can barely hint it at it. And then the body is well, extremely mild with the juicy uh, maltiness of the of the beer. It's just all plagued down. It's just yeah. all watered down. That's, that, very that's what a pale ale should be. A pale ale should taste like a slightly hoppier pills. Like, that's what it should taste like. There's barely but, a hop to it, though. But a, a, the, the, the newer pale ales that they that a lot of people come out with are packed with hops and they almost taste like an IPA. Well, this is the opposite like of a that. session IPA. I, I know, I know. And I, and I do I do like them sometimes, but this doesn't have that. It has, I think it, uh, on, on purpose, I, have, I think it's just a, essentially a juicy, multi pale ale. Yeah. So it's like the opposite spectrum of that. Uh, but it's not that bad. It's drinkable. I just don't find it very um, inspiring. Okay. So I'm going to give it a, a, a 2.75 out of 5. Alright. I'm quite 
familiar with that beer because while me and Lauren were stuck in a layover in O'Hare Airport, the only place that was really around and was open for us to eat and grab drinks was the Goose Island, uh, you know, brewery eatery that's in the airport. So, and I wow. believe I went for the Goose Island IPA, and they were like, "Oh, that's kicked." We, I'm sorry, we don't have any here. So I had to go with the with with the Green Line, and I was I, I liked it. It was all right, especially if you're stuck in an airport for five hours. Sure, sure. Any port in a storm will do, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, Jay, I am drinking the Brooklyn Brewing Company's Brooklyn Brand Pilsner. This one is 5.1% alcohol by volume, and this is very much like a pale ale. It is pilsy, but it has a slight hop that you can taste at the very end. It is crisp, clean. It is refreshing. I actually really enjoy this. This is one of my favorite type of pilsners. Um, I put it up there along with like Yingling's kind of like new uh, their their new golden IPL? golden pilsner oh, yes, that yes, they have yeah, out, okay. and I, I really enjoy that too. As far as like as far as like a standard pilsner goes, this I I do really enjoy. I could see myself putting down quite a few of these on a on a on a summer afternoon, Jay. Ooh. Ooh, it's almost that time it's, of year. It's right? almost that time of year where you get to start using that, yes. that colloquialism again. So <laughs> uh, I do really, really like this beer, man. I am going to be giving it because, uh, you know, it is such a solid little standard fare. This is going to be getting a 3.75. I really, really enjoy it. And I think it's a solid beer to just kick back and relax with. Yeah, Pilsners are extremely hit or miss for me. Oh, they are. I am they not normally a fan like, at all. They taste like straight fermented piss or or, <laughs> or when there's actually some craft put into them, they can taste yeah. really, really good and really, really clean and refreshing like this one does. All right, Jay, we are at that time. It's top five time again. Ow! And because I reviewed Dumbo this week, and Dumbo is the quote unquote hit movie of the weekend, number one movie at the box office, <laughs> they're gonna be milking that all week long. Yeah, for for the one week that the it's, one week that it's there until yeah. Pet Cemetery and Shazam, Shazam. Dethrone, dethrone it. Uh, we are gonna be doing our top five Disney live action films. I'm really interested to see what you have because Disney live action films, not your bag. Not no, your style. I actually was shocked at. Um, how few movies that I've seen slash movies. like. I still love the movies. <laughs> I love the way you say it. Movies. <laughs> um, but also some that just don't hold up for me. Or I, I, I've i seen once and it doesn't grab me as, as much as other movies do. But I'm really looking forward to get into it and see what's on your list as well. Let's go ahead and let's get the quack attack started. Quack, quack. Jay, our top five has come. In honor of me wasting my time going to see Dumbo this weekend, uh, we are going to be doing our top five Disney live action films. Now, live action films for Disney have been going on since like the 1950s. Even some of them were direct to television ones that like the computer wore tennis shoes, etc. In that, that premiered on the wonderful world of Disney. But I decided top five, you know, live action films. It's pretty pertinent given that we're going to be getting a ton of live action films coming out. And we know we got Lion King later on this year we know we got in the summer we got aladdin coming and they have a whole slew of these things planned to revamp their old animated ones and bring them to new light now for this list we have decided to keep off mcu 
Star Wars, Muppets, anything that is a property that was purchased by Disney and then and then brought in. These are only live action films that solely exist within within Disney and were produced by Disney without those those newer acquired properties because goddamn, there's enough as there as it is to begin with. So this actually, I might have one on my list then. I might as long as I'm it, not sure. No, as as actually, not, I think I'm okay. I think I'm okay. Never as long mind. as it's not Marvel or never Star mind. Wars, that's no, all. No, I care no, no, never. I'm I'm okay. I'm okay. All right, man. So, yeah, so yeah, we did keep those things off of our list. Now, I'm yes. really curious to see because you and I had very different childhoods watching movies. Well, that's true. So, a lot of mine is nostalgia. And again, as with all of our top well, five. Well, mine is definitely heavily uh, nostalgia as well, except maybe one or two. Again, with all of our top fives, these are our favorites, not the best. We're not saying these are the best Correct. ones. These are our favorite ones. These we are never, ones that are we never memorable do, to we us. We never do best. That's right. This is That's always right. personal right. top five. Because best is so fucking subjective Ugh, and it leaves us that. open. You know, like 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 Jon Snow at the Night's Watch. Like yeah. there's just there's just six people stabbing us in the heart. Yeah. <laughs> We're not in the academy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No. All right, Jay, let's get things kicked off, man. What is your number five Disney live action film? The Parent Trap. <laughs> Which one? The Lindsay Lohan one. Of course. Of course. Holly, we're totally and completely 100% different. So, what's the problem? I'll teach you to be me, and you teach me to be you. Look, I can do you already. Yes, you want to know the difference between us? I have class, and you don't. Break my heart. Directed by Nancy Myers. I I know. This is the one I've seen. This is the one I've seen. This is actually the only one I've seen. I never saw the other versions. But the original version was such a classic. I know it's a classic, and I keep hearing about that, but I never saw it. I can't help it. I, I grew up in this time. It was 1998, yeah. right? And let's face it. So This is Lindsay Lohan before she was Lindsay Lohan. <laughs> <laughs> Where she got fucking booted out of LA and went to London for yeah. the last, I don't know, almost 10 years. Well, no, she's she has that show on MTV where she's running like some sort of beach resort or some shit. I don't know. Whatever. I don't follow her career too highly. <laughs> but anyway, <sighs> all right, what is it about The Parent Trap? I mean, Dennis Quaid looks the same. Oh. Same in this movie from 15 years ago as he does now. (laughs) Just utterly charming. I mean, it's utterly charming. It's the same trope. Um, I love Nancy Myers as a director, and I think she hits all of the buttons. She nails it. She nails the the, the whimsical charm. Um, Lindsay Lohan was an adorable girl. She played great uh, playing the two sisters. Yeah, back then. I thought she did a great English accent. I thought she was a lot of fun. She was, um, you know, the duality with, with the characters, but also the similarities. So much and promise, then, but also <laughs> so much promise. <laughs> but, but yeah, absolutely. And and then you know Dennis Quaid, you know he's just such a fucking great guy. Yeah, I, I, I love, love I love Dennis, Dennis Quaid. Quaid. I, I mean he's such he's American sweet American sweetheart dad almost. I know uh, <laughs> for for many households I think. Um and and Natasha Richardson, you know, playing the mom, she was just. She was great too. It was a lot of fun. I I just enjoyed the movie. I watched it a lot. It was one of my sister's favorites as well. So I think that's partially another reason why I saw it so many times because of my sister and my mom. My mom loved it too. <laughs> so it was it was a household favorite movie, uh, to say the least. So all right, fair you know, enough. That's I'm, my take. I'm going to disagree with you on this version of the Parent Trap. If it was the original version, I would be I'd be all for it. I, I'm I'm probably more nostalgic for that version because my parents used to watch that movie when it was on, and we we had the Disney channel growing up and they played the original parent trap around the time that this movie came out a lot so i actually grew up with the original one from the 1960s more so than this one with marie o'hara jay marie o'hara was in that and she was oh such a redhead bombshell back in the day the quiet man mcclintock i love marie o'hara anyway my number five jay 
Are you ready for this? Quack. 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 Quack, 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 quack. Mr. Ducksworth. Quack, 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 quack. Stop. Quack, quack, quack. Quack, quack, quack. Quack, 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 quack. Quack, 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 quack. Gordon, stop quacking. It's on my list. <laughs> the Mighty Ducks, man. I absolutely love oh, yeah. this movie. Of course. Um, it is it is basically slapshot for kids, right? Like it 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 takes the ideas of like of major league and slapshot like these these movies that are about professional sports in a comedic realm and stuff like that with these outlandish characters and and outlandish things happening kind of like a a sports cartoon just in live action and 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 it makes it for kids and i always loved the original mighty ducks movie i liked d2 as well not as much as mighty ducks the original and d3 we all know is just garbage because where's Gordon Bombay and that shit? Nowhere. Anyway, uh, I really, I, I fucking love this movie, man. And I love just like, <laughs> I always laugh at this movie because like the big thing is like doing a triple deke, which is like, dude, watch hockey right now. Like dudes deke like fucking crazy, like 10, 15 dekes before they even get <laughs> Oh, I know. The they triple do. deke. <laughs> Uh, Fulton Reed, who could hit a slap shot so hard and so fast that it that it leaves a smoking ring in the other goalie's hand, uh, it's it's just it's just a ton of fun, and it's just it's just super nostalgic, and it kept Emilio Estevez alive career wise for a little while longer. It did, and he was great. I mean, it, it was. It, it, I'll get into it when I talk about it a little bit more, but like it, it's it's just absolutely a fantastic movie, especially in our time period. Fair enough, Jay. What's your number four? 2016's The Jungle Book. All right, man. This is my number four as well. Oh, yeah. Give me the power of man's red flower so I can be like you. Oh, oh, we do. I want to be like you. I want to walk like you, talk like you, too. You'll see it's true. Someone like me can learn to be like someone like you. And, and this is tough because we're saying it's live action, but it was completely CGI with the exception of the main actor. Yeah, this is my one iffy movie uh, that I have on my list. That I oh, no, my number one is iffy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So this movie blew my mind uh, visually, storytelling-wise, the acting, uh, the music. It, was, it, it hit all the marks. It reminded me of the story again. I, I haven't... We visited the book, the Jungle Book, in so long. Idris Elba's uh, oh, Shere Khan makes my sphincter pucker. <laughs> <laughs> Man cub, <laughs> like, Man cub. <laughs> I absolutely loved him as Shere Khan. Uh, I really loved this movie, dude. I thought this movie it, it, it should be the formula for how they go forward in yeah. making these live action films. Not Dumbo. This, well, like, this yeah, was and, done so and, well, and it makes sense that they trusted John Favreau to do the Lion King, right? Which, which, which is Again, most one of the most beloved all cgi um, again exactly but the reason i call same it same formula the le- reason i go with live action for this is because it is not conventional animation it's not pixar type animation you know it's not it, it's it, it's not dreamworks type animation you know it's not computer it also is actors right. um with the pixelated dots whatever on their faces exactly and um, a lot it, of what they did for this was you know the way they made the animals was by filming the real animals and right. then adding things on top. So there's there there is live action elements that go into it, and there's as much live action filming that's done for this as there was animation that was and done. And the for fact this. that we feel like right. it's live action. Exactly. That's all that matters. Yeah, exactly. Right? When and it's all said and done. I would one hundred percent say that this is a live action film yeah. from Disney. And 
Yeah, I and Bill Murray as Baloo, and I I love I I just love that interaction between him and Mowgli, and then of course Christopher Walken as King Louie. Ooh ooh ooh! I want to be like you. Ooh ooh! <laughs> Her favorite scene. Man. I want to walk like you, talk like the humans do. <laughs> I absolutely love, yeah, I, I love this movie. And the fact that it was on Netflix for so long just meant that it had yeah. it had replayability and it, and it had time to grow on me even more every time I watched it. So definitely, RJ, what is your number three? Well, it, we were just talked about Mighty Ducks. Mighty Ducks, yeah, Mighty, right. I, I'll say it again. Take the fall. That's her. Get indignant. One more time. Take the fall. That's her. Get indignant. Good. You guys are ready. God, I love this movie. I mean, this was in the height of when I was rollerblading. I was in like kind of like one of those extreme rollerbladers, but I also did roller hockey too with some neighborhood guys. Were you like one of those bad kids that like rollerbladed through the alleys and picked up dog shit and put it inside of purses and put a dollar sticking out of it? Sort of. <laughs> Were you one of those bad kids from Minnesota, Jay? I was essentially a skater boy, but with rollerblades. Right. You know, I mean, who was one your of fa- those kind of? Who was your favorite character of the kids? Because now, as an adult, I relate to Emilio Estevez more than any of the kids. Well, but. I do too. I think probably after that, but like uh, Adam Banks, I think is probably probably going to be my my guy cake uh, eater not so much yeah <laughs> it, you know and 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 it's just it's just a world of camaraderie it reminds me of the sandlot this is like our era for the sandlot the sandlot was around the same time it came out like roughly the same time but i think it was earlier for me like, like five years earlier i'll be honest for people who love the sandlot i get it i i i get it I, oh, I'm one of those people. I know. I I actually like Mighty Ducks more than Sandlot. I'll be honest, hundred <sighs> percent. I like I like it more. If I had a toss up, I would have to probably stick with the Sandlot. But Jay, how can you not pick Goldberg the goalie? He was from Philadelphia. His parents owned the deli in in Minneapolis, Minnesota. <laughs> Look, he was charming. <laughs> Proof that everyone from Philadelphia is just fat and cares about their their good deli meats. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey. Don't be knocking, man. Hey, man, if you want a good cheesesteak, you you go to Minneapolis, Minnesota. You go to Goldberg's. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things that always fascinated me about the Mighty Ducks universe is the fact that this is a Minnesota peewee hockey league. And by Mighty Ducks 2, it reaches national headlines. And Gordon Bombay is on the radar for the Goodwill Games and becomes the coach of the United States Junior Goodwill Games. Like, <laughs> Don't ask. And 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 the way like like it's like front page news like ducks you know <laughs> ducks beat the red team. Look, <laughs> it was powerful stuff. <laughs> I even have a Mighty Ducks jersey after that movie. I well, I mean, this movie was so powerful that Disney made or purchased a hockey team and made them the Anaheim Mighty Ducks until they sold the team uh, no, well, almost I, I, a decade yeah, ago. I one of the jerseys. It yeah. was a big deal. But what I'm saying is, like, that's one of the things that, like, as an adult, when I watch it, when, like, they do, like, the spinning newspaper thing, and they're like, oh, you know, the Ducks beat this team, the yeah. Ducks beat that team. I'm like, are you kidding me? This is front page sports news in Minnesota that, like... Well, with Amelia Estevez's hair. That's true. I mean, come on. A 12-year-old peewee hockey team is what makes sports news in Minnesota. <laughs> Nationwide. <laughs> Picking off Sports Center. Oh, man. All right, Jay. My number three, and it's the only one of these that I like. It's the only one of these that would ever be on my list. Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> the Curse of the Black Pearl. It's the first one. No additional shots, no powder. A compass that doesn't point north. 
And I half expected it to be made of wood. You are without doubt the worst pirate I've ever heard of. But you have heard of me. It's my number two. It's the first one. We had oddly similar lists. Yeah, um, I, I I don't usually expect this, but I yeah, well, you but know, no, shit I, happens. I but, like this one because it's the first time you're seeing Jack Sparrow. It's the first time you're 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 seeing that character, and it's yeah, it's it's pretty. You know, it's extremely entertaining. It was jarring. Yeah, you. I mean, no, seen, nobody has ever seen anything like that on screen before. And ever. you've never seen Johnny Depp be this before. No, not not. But but also, it's utterly what you would think a pirate would be like yeah exactly <laughs> authentically yeah. you know and and it's he's charming he's whimsical you never know what he's gonna say you don't understand what he's gonna say right and, you he, know? and he and he walks the line of of villain and, and yeah. hero like so yeah. well and he does it with such charm and charisma that you just fall in love with the character and sure. it's why we've had five movies now yeah yeah and another one coming you know it's why it's well why, that kind of fell off the tracks a little bit yeah. but but it's 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 the reason that, that this that this franchise had legs, not because right. you know the 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 two movies that followed this set it set yeah. the world on fire. It's not Orlando Bloom, right? No. <laughs> it's it's because of one character, yes. and uh, I, there's a lot more to enjoy in this film than just him. There is the first one, but I mean, I do really really enjoy enjoy this movie. But also the the, the fine the, the fine line that oh, they and, draw and with Jeffrey Rush. With, with oh yeah, don't don't forget him uh, with the CGI and the fantasy elements of it all but also the tangible elements and the romantic triangles triangles almost i mean there's there's other other ones tied well, you in got, you got commodore norrington and elizabeth swan sure. you have you will have jack turner you have jack sparrow and, jack sparrow. and elizabeth swan uh-huh. and then you have will turner and uh-huh. elizabeth swan uh-huh. so it's kind of like a, it's fun yeah it's 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 a love quad fuckdom the good <laughs> the good the bad and the should be, and the should right? be. yeah exactly you know? one, one of my favorite lines from this movie is i'm afraid that i won't be able to acquiesce to your request <laughs> that means no <laughs> To the point that when people ask me questions at work, I, I will respond with that sometimes. I'm afraid oh. I won't be able to acquiesce to your request. <laughs> <laughs> just sounds so proper of a way of saying fuck off. <laughs> Why is rum gone? Yeah. You know, like all those classic zingers, you know, you just, you know, and I still say like savvy. Right. Like, and, like, oh, yeah. Like little weird zingers like that. that savvy was so ingrained into because, you know, at this time, Johnny Depp was was such an emergent, you know, immersed in this role that when he filmed Once Upon a Time in Mexico for Robert Rodriguez, what right. he's he's still swaying in that movie. Yeah. He's still doing the arm out and like like bent like a T-Rex arm thing that he was doing as Jack Sparrow. And there's even one conversation. Arguably in too many other movies of his, too. <laughs> there's, there's, there's even a conversation he's having at one point in a bar where he takes a shot and says, are we savvy? <laughs> and because Robert Rodriguez is the type of guy that films a movie in three weeks, he just, he, fuck it, he let it all fly. He yeah. let it all fly. <laughs> yeah, that, that's actually kind of like an underappreciated movie, actually. Oh, Once Upon a Time in Mexico? Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a very... The third in it's the a very nothing, trilogy. It, it's, yeah. a, it's a silly little nothing movie, but it's, it's a fun watch. All you know? of Robert Rodriguez's movies are silly nothing movies that are super fun watches. Yeah. With the exception of Spy Kids. But anyway. Uh, all right, Jay, that was my number three. Your number two. Yeah. So we're back to me. Yes. For my number two. Mm. It's French class. French class. I get it. <laughs> Honey, I shrunk the kids. The machine works. 
Do the kids know? Well, yeah, the kids know. That's great. It's not that great. Why? I shrunk the kids. What? And the Thompson kids do. They're about this big. They're in the backyard. What? Threw them out with the trash. <laughs> oh, that's my number one. <laughs> Honey, I Shrunk the Kids is so good. Oh, God. I love that movie. So do I, dude. I I, love that movie, man. Dude, this movie was so popular for Disney that when it came out, they they were just opening up what was then... Disney MGM Studios and is now Disney Studios at Walt Disney World and there was an entire portion of the park that was dedicated to a a Honey I Shrunk the Kids 3D experience yeah. Honey I Shrunk the Kids playground with themed restaurant and everything like that like this movie was huge and Rick Moranis is fucking great in it. Oh, he's perfect. <laughs> it's so perfect to play the nerdy scientist who invents a shrinking machine in his attic. And yeah, I, I absolutely love this movie. And I've never once in my life felt as bad for an ant dying than I did while watching this movie. So to the point that when I was a kid, I used to think twice before squishing ants because I was like, what if he has a family like Auntie? <laughs> I did too for a short amount of time, but you know, right. and then I got <laughs> I over it, and then I, I got over squishing those fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> but no, just the visual quality—I mean, was something that you never saw, and 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 the science was so fun, and the romantic, um, you know, with, with the 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 romantic the the romance of the teenagers being neighbors and and getting caught right. into this situation with families who with, hate each with other, with the brothers and the families that hate each other, right, right. and and. It was such a weird, fun dynamic, and it was stuff you just never saw on screen before. It was kind of like I like the where part- you see Jurassic Park for the first time. It's right? Like, oh my god, your your eyes are opening up to this whole other world. Like it's kind of like the Spielberg thing, where like it's just this is stuff that you never seen on screen and before, and you're blown away. There's so many memorable scenes, right? Like like and lines. The, yeah, yeah, the, the, scenes too, yeah. The father flicking the cigarette out, and and them lighting mm-hmm. their torches by his cigarette light. Yeah, uh, yeah. And then the obviously the the kids in the cereal. Right, like like in the Cheerios, right. like calling the dad's right. name, and yeah. obviously Auntie, uh, the 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 aunt, and then the the bumblebee scene, and everything. Like uh, that was fun. It was just shocking that they were able to pull that off. The effects were and, just and so do it so really well, well done. Because yeah. if you do it nowadays, it would just look more cheesy. Oh, 100%. Yeah, you know, in this movie, it looks real. <laughs> it just looks so real and tangible. I mean, I that's the greatest thing about. You know, you know the, the practical it, effect days. You know, you know why it looked real, Jay? Yeah, because it was all practical effects. I know, and I, I just when he was swimming in milk it, it, inside of a giant Cheerio, they, it was a giant bowl. He was sitting on, on a giant milk. He was sitting in a vat of milk inside of a giant Cheerio lifesaver. (laughs) Like, they built giant blades of grass. They built a a, a giant animatronic ant for them to ride. And it shows. It does. It does. And, you know, it's just so well done. And it's so fun. For kids. I still think it would hold up to today to to some degree. It still does hold Um, up today. It still does. For these kids. Yeah. Yeah, I think still so. Holds up I feel like I haven't heard about it though in a while with the, the kids. But we need to make that happen. We need to make we need happen. to make sure this movie gets back on people's radar. We need to make a Cheerio White Russian movie oh. cocktail. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fuck yeah. For Honey I Shrunk the Kids, this might be on a movie cocktail one day. All right, Jay. Uh, I'm sorry that we spoiled your number one. I, know, I don't care. It's all right. But what are any of your honorable mentions? Do you have it? Oh, I, I didn't put any down. All right, so I have three. 
I didn't go nuts this time. Uh, first off is Cool Runnings, John Candy. Oh. How can I not put him on here? Yes, good call, dude. Yeah, and and, and Dougie Doug. You know the story of the of of the first Jamaican bobsled team. So much fun and great movie. This movie's so ingrained to me. I still remember the song. The people say you know you can't believe <laughs> Jamaica. We have a bobsled team. <laughs> Um, charming guys love that movie the the second honorable mention is the rocketeer i've talked about this movie before a film that i feel in execution in the early 90s was the best they could do however i think in modern times this is the that type of movie that's ripe for a remake but i still really really enjoy the rocketeer the practical effects and just the idea of of a down on his luck pilot finding a military prototype jetpack and fighting nazis on top of Mm. a giant zeppelin how can you not love it and then my final one jay is another hockey movie and i absolutely just love the story it's miracle on ice you know the the miracle with kurt russell, kurt as russell the, oh yeah as the oh, coach yeah. Fine i choice absolutely yeah. loved this movie but i actually i, I didn't choose it because That's i don't a true story i don't love the movie as much as i love the true story as a huge hockey right. fan like this is the quintessential underdog story and it was true to life and i absolutely loved it and i love the way they portrayed it all right jay i know sorry again we spoiled your number one your number one's come and gone but i still have a number one and this is the one that i'm worried about because it's so tangentially disney that i'm not sure if it belongs here and there's so much animation in it that i'm not sure if it should count as live action there's a lot of ifs and buts to it but candy and i'll nuts, be the judge of i that. don't give a fuck it actually came out from touchstone pictures and was in association with both disney and warner brothers it's Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Robert Zemeckis, 1988. An absolutely fantastic film. Drink the drink. But I don't want the drink. He doesn't want the drink. He does. I don't. You do. I don't. You do. I don't. You do. I don't. You don't. I do. You don't. I do. You don't. Listen, when I say I do, that means I do. It counts, dude. It counts. It counts. It counts. It's if it's got absolutely if worthy. If it's got the fucking mouse in it, it counts. <laughs> it's absolutely like, that's worthy. my Johnny Cochran like lawyer in court statement. The glove yeah. don't fit, it must you must acquit. If it's got the mouse, it counts. <laughs> But, man, I absolutely love this movie for a lot of reasons. I I respect it, first off, for the technical aspects of it. The fact that they had to film a movie, animate it, like add the animation in, and then refilm the movie with the animation in there. And then there is a term that comes from this movie. It's called swinging the lamp. There's a scene where Eddie and and Roger are fighting over the handcuffs and stuff, and they're in the back room. And one of and and they hit the light, and the lamp starts swinging. Yeah. And Roger Rabbit is an animated character, so he's not creating any shadow. So as the lamp is swinging, their shadows are being thrown up around on all the walls and every time the lamp swings the the shape of the shadow changes the wall that it's on changes and it's constantly flowing and sh- and and changing and you may watch that scene and and it's just another scene in the movie but if you really think about the technicality of that they had to film the scene with Bob Haskins and and get the real shadows in there then animate it then film it again and then put in the sh- the Roger's shadow and stuff like that to this day when when a director of animation watches a, a, a film, they say, you did a great job, but you didn't swing the lamp. 
Like that's how Disney animation has moved forward. They've mm. said like, you know, this is great, but you didn't swing the lamp, meaning like you didn't knock it out of the park. You know, you didn't right. you didn't take it. You didn't put in the A plus effort. Right. You didn't take it far enough. You didn't take it that far. Like right. that's amazing. The fact right. that this film came out in nineteen eighty eight and to this day it is still considered the gold standard of animation. And kudos to Bob Hoskins for putting up with it. Oh that. my god. <laughs> Bob Hoskins in this movie. Because at that time, like, you know, like he probably had no idea what he was getting himself into. I'm through with taking falls. I'm bouncing off the walls. Without that gun, I'd have some fun. I'd kick you in the... Nose! Nose? That don't rhyme with walls. No, but this does. <laughs> this movie is so quotable, so lovable, and, man, it is just quintessential. Like, I don't, I, I honestly think that more movies have not mixed animation and live action because this movie did it so well. No one else can yeah, try Yeah, I think you're right. A movie with Brad Pitt called Cool World came out a couple years after this in the early 90s with Kim Basinger as the animated character, very much like a, a Jessica Rabbit type right, character. Right. Didn't do nearly as well. And I think that, like, because it's all about effort, right? You know, I think because Roger Rabbit did do so well, no one's attempted anything like this until Happy Time Murders, which sucked. <laughs> so, yeah. I, but man, who framed Roger Rabbit? Just, but also, you know, Zemeckis is is a great filmmaker. He was then. Right? He he's still spotty. Um, yeah. but I, I I I still watch most of his movies. Yeah, I give him a shot. Because he's still, he's, he's got something there. Yeah. So that is going to do it for our list. Reach out to us on Twitter at SuperMoviePod on there. Let us know what you think of our list. Let us know who you think had the better list. Even though me and Jay had. Give us your top five. I mean, same shit. List. Yeah. No. I mean, let's, or, or let at least, Or at least tell us your favorite okay. live action Disney yes. animated film. Five is a lot. That is a lot. <laughs> and then please make sure that you're checking us out on iTunes, on any other podcatcher, but especially check us out on PodCoin and earn a little bit extra Do for it. your listening Do efforts. It. And then please check out our sponsor, Blowfish. You can check them out at 4hangovers.com. Use the promo code SMBFISH. Get your 15% off of the Hangover Cure. We, of course, are part of a network. We are part of the PodFix network. So head over to PodFixNetwork.com and you can check out our show and all the other shows that are part of the great PodFix network and also check out all of our movie cocktail recipes that are up there we also have a patreon so if you enjoy super movie bros please please make sure that you head over to patreon.com slash super movie bros podcast and check us out on there for just one dollar a month you can get all the additional content we put up there a new episode every month if you pledge a little bit more you'll get a gift pledge a little bit more than that and you'll get to help control the show choose top five lists choose movie homework or even choose categories for our movie cocktails, which we do once a month. Movie cocktail will be coming back in the beginning of May, so be sure to stay tuned for all new episodes that involve our movie cocktails. Can't wait. And then, of course, as always, if you're enjoying the show, we really need you to leave reviews on iTunes, preferably five-star reviews, but please leave us reviews on iTunes. It's what helps us get found. It's what helps us get seen. It's what helps the show grow. We've done a lot of growing over the past two months, and we'd like to continue that trend. And then finally, our Trower Park music was provided by our good friend, Thomas Iannucci. That's I-A-N-N-U-C-C-I. You can check him out on Spotify. I want to thank all of you for listening. Have a great night. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.